Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 5, 5, 4, 4, 3, 3, 2, 1, 1. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Weigh In Sports Talk. I'm your host, Brian Tarvin, joined with co-host Jonathan Miklos. We are back after a week. We took last Sunday off, had a lot going on, so we figured, hey, we'll just end July tonight, and we're, we're approaching college football. I think we're about 34 days away. Jonathan, from the start of college football, is my math correct? Um... Sure. <laughs> I, I'm no well, math I know it starts a week early. myself. I, it does. I know it does. That's it right. It starts a week early. So I'm I think excited. I think you are right. It's 26 plus seven, 33. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. We're getting close, man. And that's about all the game. NFL. I think it's what next Sunday. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. That's right. Preseason's right around the corner. Yeah, maybe – well, maybe it's uh, – or something like that. I can't remember, but next week is July right. 30th. But, I mean, you know, after the 4th, that's when football starts to meet. That's when we get ready. We have media days. We've had some We've had some news as well. And tonight, you know, we have to talk about two things at least. We're going to talk about Hugh Freeze and what happened at Ole Miss. We're going to talk O.J. Simpson a little bit. I want to I want to hear people's opinion about that, and we're going to talk college football. I mean, those are three things right there. But we will not leave this show without that. But the Braves just hit a home run, I believe, to tie it up 4-4 in L.A. Jonathan, if they win today, they, the Braves on the road keep a, the hottest team they can three out of four. I mean, you, you got to like that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, well, it's like I've been telling you, but I you know, the Braves are a young team, and um, things are, you know, things are going to click a little a little slow, but the way they've been building, I've been very impressed. I think this is a team that, you know, maybe this year they can get hot, right, make a wild card, but next year and the year after that, you really, really, really have to consider uh, the Braves to be a team that can contend for the playoffs. Well, I like to see it. I mean, hopefully they won't trade away their nucleus once they – once they build their team, that's what they're going to do. But we'll see. We're, we're not a baseball show right now. We're a we're a college football show. And, Jonathan, you, I don't know what you think about Hugh Freeze, but one thing I've always thought on the show, I think there's just something I don't trust about him. Does he recruit cheat recruiting? I think so. But, but anybody that talks about being a Christian all the time or whatever, it's just something just didn't feel right about Hugh Freeze to me. And then this comes out. I'll be honest with you, Jonathan, I am surprised that Hugh Freeze was calling prostitutes. Now, if it came out that he was cheating, paying players, tell me, were you surprised that Hugh Freeze calling prostitutes? Uh, I mean, I'm a little surprised considering how outwardly religious he was. Then again, it always seems like the ones who are so outwardly religious um, like that are the ones who tend to get caught up in things like this. Um, 
looking at uh, just looking at it from some personal experience. Um, and and the you know I I find it hilarious that the escort service that they got him on is in Tampa. Um, yeah. Hey, what do you know? Uh, um, uh, things tend to always ha- take a funny turn. Uh, the minute I found that out, you, you, I, you, you probably out. ran into him before. And you don't even know it. <laughs> you know, all, all I could think of was, "Huh, I wonder if I know I know anybody somewhat related closely to this, at least on the Tampa side." Uh, I, I mean, look, it, the, this whole thing. It, this is what I find to be hilarious: is that this whole thing comes down to them not apologizing to Houston Nut. If they don't try and and throw Houston Nut under the bus for the infractions <laughs> that happen, Houston Nut never files suit. His lawyer never files the the Freedom of Information Act. Gets the phone records from Hugh Freeze's work phone. Cross references all those numbers and comes up with this, and that's actually, and they got this, and they went to Ole Miss and said, "We have this. What are you gonna, you know, we can make it go away or we can make it ugly." And Ole Miss but, was like, but Jonathan, "Give me a how day." How were they able to do that? How were they able? Do you think they stumbled across that, or do you think Houston Nutt knew something? Because I, I mean, well, how would Houston Nutt? How would throwing Houston Nutt under the bus? Give their uh, give them the right to go in and look at his records and things like that. Well, because Houston not doesn't like that he you know they're chucking him and almost making it so he can never work in college football again. So he hired a lawyer, a false defamation of character, and because of the Freedom of Information Act section of the schools, his phone is a school phone, so you can legally get the phone records. Um, and I think they stumbled. Onto, I mean, you know, what are the odds that he actually made a call like that? Um, you know, and then when Ole Miss, I guess, did their own digging, that's when they found out, okay, this is not a one-time thing. You know, it says, <laughs> look, we can fire you for cause and you get nothing, or you can resign and get nothing. Pick one. I would have said fire me, and then I'm going to fight you on it too. I mean, I'm not walking away from that kind of money, Johnson. I mean, you're going to have to fight me tooth and nail, but you freeze. I mean, do you respect him for resigning? I don't. I mean, I just think he he took the coward's way out with that too. Yeah, I mean that that's an in, interesting way of looking at it. I imagine he tried to resign to save face, which turned out to backfire because it came out why he was resigning, why he was forced to resign. Um, so you know, I I, I just don't under uh, if I'm Hugh Freeze, I, I make them fire me just from the standpoint of you resigning and it's still coming out, you still lose. You know, if I was you freeze, I would say, you're going to fire me and you're going to pay me because if you don't, I'm going to tell more on this program. And if anyone knows more than me, good luck. I mean, all you freeze does is come out and say, guys, we paid 17 players in the last three years to come here. That's all it would take for the death penalty to, to hit. So I'm just – I just don't know why, and, and I don't have respect for anyone that throws someone else under the bus, that blames someone else for any issues. On a, I mean, Ole Miss should have owned up to it, not mentioned Houston's name. He, they, they could have said this was done prior coaches involved. Do not mention a person's name and, and slander it like that. But 
man, Hugh, Hugh Freeze. And, and it makes me wonder, I wonder if Gus knew about this, because Gus and him are good friends. And I wonder how many more college football coaches are using this service. I mean, I just don't think it's over yet. I don't think this story is over, Jonathan. I think more's coming out. I think we're going to be even more surprised once once some of these things come out. And you got to feel bad for Hugh Freeze's family, his wife and kids, and you have to feel bad for Ole Miss fans because this program is in the dump. And, and I don't know how long it's going to take them to get back, Jonathan. I'm going to say Penn State got faster because they're Penn State. This is old piss. Uh, good luck. They, they've always sucked. And now that they, they finally got a 9 or 10 win season under their belt, now what are they going to do? I, I don't see them coming back from this right now. I don't see any four- or five-star player getting close to Ole Miss for the next two or three years. Yeah, I mean, you know, cause they, you look at Ole Miss, though, even they had Eli Manning, this was never really a team that you took uh, too seriously. I mean, you know, obviously they were a good ball club. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, when they had Eli, this was a, a, a team that, one number of games, um, you know, you know, but you know, they had one ten-win season, and that was Eli's last year. Um, and I, 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 you know, I think if you're Ole Miss, it's going to take a while to get back to these heights. Um, and, and you know what the worst part about this is, is that with Juan Perko, you can explain that one, okay? With with, with uh, Nick and Dietschy, you could explain that. You know, his mother wanted to play with his brother. His brother didn't want to leave Ole Miss. Robert went there. Fine. Um, you know, uh, Laquan Treadwell's childhood best friend was at Ole Miss. He decided he wanted to play with his best friend. Fine. The one player you couldn't explain and nobody understood, and nobody had a read on him all of recruiting, I remember this, was Tunzel. Nobody had a read on where Tunzel was going. People were like, oh, Florida or Georgia, but we really don't know. Right? He was in Gator territory for recruiting. The minute they got Tunzel, the red flag went up for everybody. It wasn't really Nick and Fiji or Treadwell because those were easily explained. Even if they were illegal, even if there was illegal recruiting handled there, nobody really said anything. The minute they got Laramie Tunzel, everybody's red flag went up. But wait a minute, how did they get him? That kid should have gone to Florida. Where is he from? That kid should have gone to Georgia. Where, uh, he's Laramie Tunzel is from um, uh, Lake City, Florida. Which is, um, I mean, that's, that's more Central Florida, um, and, and, and you know, the, the minute that you know, the minute they got, yeah, Lake City. Oh, ooh, 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 hold on, there we go. Yeah, so Lake City is north, northern Florida. It's in between Jacksonville and Tallahassee. It's right up uh, seventy-five from Gainesville. So, um, the, the, the Tunzel when he signed, that was the red flag because that's Gator territory. You don't walk, and even that Georgia comes down there because you're right close to the Georgia line. Maybe they get them. But that was a red flag. And then when everything happened with Tunzel and his, and his stepdad, it, it just, boom, the top blew. And you realize more was coming. So I think it's going to take Ole Miss 10, 15, 20 years to have another 10-win season if, and I hate saying this, but if they ever have one again. If they ever cheat again, that's how they're going to get there. I mean, it's hard to recruit an Ole Miss. And like you said, when you see Ole Miss winning several recruiting battles on signing day and you see teams like Alabama, LSU, Florida, Florida State, and all of a sudden these guys are picking Ole Miss, and you're like, holy crap, they just got the top three offensive linemen 
You know, they they received they had two of the best receivers in the country, two defensive linemen. You're like, what's going on? And I knew at that time, it's not it's not Hugh Freeze's great coaching ability. Somebody got tired of losing. They're tired of seeing Alabama win. They're tired of losing to Mississippi State. But I mean, and and here's the deal. I I'll give Ole Miss some credit for at least cheating to to try to win. I'll give them that. But if if, if Hugh Freeze was was messing with prostitutes, what do you think his team was doing? I don't think Hugh Freeze let his team know he was doing that. But if he was if he was doing that, what do you think his team was doing? And how do you think they got those recruits to come? Do you think there was some prostitution maybe involved in that? Some cash? I mean, what do you think? At the end? I mean, it's going to come out. Yeah, I mean, that, that has been mentioned. A lot of people, like, you think he was just calling the prostitutes for himself. And, well, you know, probably not, um, if we're going to be completely honest. Uh, but, you know, at, at, the, at the same time, I mean, uh, you know, this is somebody who had his, uh, his vice. And, and, and I, you know, that it, you know, I, we can look at the Louisville situation and say, well, look what happened there. It was Ole Miss doing the same thing? Can you know we find out? So we want to dig into it. Uh, you know, the thing that it was happening in Tampa, and I can't tell you the last time Ole Miss was in on a kid that was out of Tampa. Um, you know, I, it, that that's the one that kind of that, yeah. that threw me off. If, they, if you had said somewhere else, I've been like, okay, all right, cool. You know, I I, I can rationalize this and say he did it for a prospect. But, you know, and it's like, well, when's the last time Hugh Freeze was in Florida? You know, when he was in Gainesville uh, and then when he was in Orlando. So, and neither one of them, to be honest, is is, is, actually, is really close to Tampa. Um, you know, I guess Orlando's closer. It's, you know, like 45 minutes an hour. But, so, I, I, uh, this whole thing is weird, to be completely honest. Uh, I was actually mm-hmm. at a, a baseball practice all day, and I checked my phone at 930, and it's an eruption. And I just texted my buddy and said, what happened? And he goes, we lost two freeze forever. We can no longer last. Hey, Jonathan, is there any proof? I mean, he freeze never came out. I mean, you mentioned it kind of earlier. What if he never did do anything with these prostitutes? But he resigned to, I guess, to protect himself from having to talk about it. What if he's covering up things he did for players? And it wasn't – if he goes to his wife and says, hey, honey – I screwed up, you know, uh, these players, I didn't want them to get in trouble going out with these crazy other women, so I got them a couple of professionals to to come in and help me recruit. Do you think that's possible at all? I, it's interesting because they said the phone call only lasted about a minute. And I don't know how much conversation you can have and setting something up like that within a minute. Uh, that's not my area of expertise. Hold on, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, here's here's what happens, Jonathan. You answer and you say, I would like five foot ten double D blind Caucasian hang up the phone. Yeah, I mean, you know, so (laughs) that's what it heavy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Brian, hopefully your wife doesn't hear that. (laughs) You know, I mean, so that that's where everybody because his he said it was a missile because it was a Detroit area code. which I don't remember them being in on a kid from Michigan either, but it was a Detroit area code that was connected to an escort service in Tampa. Um, so, you know, I mean, you could easily explain it as a missile, but when the school says, hey, look, you got to go, 
I think that's the issue. That's where he. That's where the the speculation comes out. This is on him. This is a red flag of red flags. Um, and you know what? We we actually can get rid of you without having to worry about anything. Um, you know, it, it just this situation took you know a, a left turn that I don't think anybody saw coming. Where I mean, it looked like Ole Miss was going to stand by you, freeze, and ride ride the storm out with him. And now, yeah, I, and I wonder this: if, if just say Ole Miss won the SEC West last year, they were loaded this year. Do you think Hugh Freeze would be going right now? You know, probably not. To be, I, you know, to be completely honest, um, you know, I, that's 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 obviously something you got to look at where, where this goes. Is where they kind of also just looking to. Uh, they finally had a reason to clean him without having to pay him because, I mean, he's going to make $5 million a year. This is now $5 million a year they can spend on their next head coach. And, you know, that's it, it's a very interesting, very interesting situation for Ole Miss. And, you know, why were they so quick to kind of push him out once they got leverage too? Yeah. I just, I just think if you, you're winning, it's going to be hard to get fired. But I think Ole Miss was waiting out because they they were hoping something would come out so they could get out of paying in that contract. Because if you look at this year, I don't care. I mean, you saw last year five and seven. You saw this year they're going to be probably five and seven, maybe worse now. I was thinking six and six, but now five and seven probably. Who are they going to get to coach this team? I mean, I hope to God they bring in somebody with some character. I mean, you've had – uh, Ed Orgeron, one of the worst coaches in football. You've had Houston Nutt. He's a used car salesman, terrible. You've had Tommy Tuberville. You've had Hugh Freeze. You've had some some characters. I mean, David Cutcliffe was the only coach that had any kind of character, I think. So who do they go to? I heard Kiffin's name mentioned. Uh, I hope to God they wouldn't hire <laughs> Lane Kiffin to be the coach at Ole Miss. But who do you think would take a job like this? Do you think Chip Kelly would come back and and take it, or, or who are you looking at? All right, so that that's interesting. I was hoping you'd lead me down this path. Okay, so supposedly Les Miles' his name is already in the ring because he never had anything negative <laughs> attached to him as far as that goes. His his character is something that nobody's ever questioned, right? Um, now, the thing with Les Miles is he's still Les Miles, and this is a guy who who did not get a job uh, this past offseason because he bombed the interview process. That's that's what the reports are. He just he he was not good in the interviews at all. Um, Lane Kiffin, everybody needs to throw that name away right away. Just throw it away. His brother, who's his defensive coordinator at Fort Atlantic, was attached to uh, in, uh, at least one infraction. <clears throat> Lane will try and bring his brother with him if he ever, you know, wherever his next step is. I don't think Ole Miss will be receptive to having him back. Um, a name that, being in the Tampa area, a name that's been already thrown around in a rumor, and this might throw everybody for a loop, is Charlie Strong. He just showed up at USF. I mean, he hasn't had the job for, you know, a year yet. And already his name is being tossed around for Ole Miss. Supposedly somebody in his camp reached out to Ole Miss and said, hey, you know, Charlie might have some interest. And obviously, you know, no, nobody's ever questioned Charlie Strong's character. And, and I, I, I thoroughly respect Charlie Strong. Um, now, Chip Kelly's an interesting one. I, I don't think Ole Miss would 
hired Chip Kelly. We remember how his tenure ended in Oregon, and they got hit with a sanction. Uh, might have not have been severe, but you've know, you got to avoid a coach that has any kind of outside baggage. You have to avoid a coach who uh, has any sort of uh, baggage associated with what happens on the field. Uh, well, not really on the field, but off the field connected to the football program. Uh, you know, a guy that I'm looking at is somebody like Neil Brown, uh, the head coach at Troy. He played at Kentucky, was an assistant coach at Kentucky. He's done very good things um, at Troy. I think you need to look at Satterfield over at Appalachia State, look at what he's done with that program. Uh, I think they're going to go with a smaller name coach, but it's going to be somebody. It's definitely going to be somebody who has high character and high standards when it comes to recruiting and when it comes to being a man off the field. Yeah, I mean, it's less miles will be interesting. But one thing I've noticed about the SEC or someone talking about this, like maybe it was Clay Travis or something. I was, and I've heard Colin Coward mention it too. The quality of SEC coaches is down. I mean, if you look at the SEC, you have Nick Saban, and really, can you name me a superior, great coach in the SEC besides Nick Saban? I really can't. I mean, Malzahn could get there one day to get on the right track and get some breaks, but he's no Nick Saban. But you look at the Big Ten, you look at the ACC. I think there's better coaches, Jonathan, and, and to, to go get somebody from Troy to add another coach, a no name, a has been, somebody not proven to the SEC. I think that's kind of risky uh, for this conference. I mean, no, there's no doubt that it is, but you know, guys like Jimbo and Saban and Meyer. Well, okay, so Jimbo and Saban kind of started big. Urban Meyer started Bowling Green. Um, you know, went to Utah, went to Florida, now is at Ohio State, right? It's somebody who was unproven when you when Utah hired him. And, you know, Utah wasn't what Utah is. And, obviously, what he did at Utah, nobody knew it could translate at Florida the way it did. Um, so, I, I think, you know, when, when you're recruiting somebody who is, you know, you're going to bring in a coach who's at least coached in the SEC before, you know, as, as, like Neil Brown, and has played there, I think that's somebody that, is, you know, warrants, uh, that, uh, consideration, you know, everybody has a standard that they're all going to get the, Nick, the next Nick Saban. Look, that ain't how this works. All right, you think Dabo Sweeney became Dabo Sweeney overnight? Dabo Sweeney built up to this. There were people in Clemson who wanted Dabo Sweeney fired and never wanted him hired, and now look at where they're at. Yeah. You know, it takes time to become. Jim Harbaugh was a no-name coach at a at a San Diego. The, the the university um, when Stanford hired him, you know I mean to, sometimes you got to take a chance, and, and if you're Ole Miss, I think you definitely got to take a chance on somebody. Go ahead and grab a young guy like a Neil Brown and see what he can do, or a Satterfield and see what he can do. You know I, I think those are guys that you you should be targeting. Ole Miss needs to look at somebody who's uh, recruits the South, knows what's going on there. They need to, they need yeah. to recruit somebody who. Seems like they know what they're doing. I mean, Satterfield, look at what he did at that place. This team almost beat Tennessee last year. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you look at what Neil Brown said at Troy, uh, and that's a team that was right there on beating Clemson. I mean, these are guys that have taken talent that is that is inferior, quote-unquote, to what Ole Miss gets, and it's come close to taking down some big dogs, and they've won their conferences, and, and they've been competitive and played well. So I think, you know, you've got to take a swing at somebody. Because what, what's Ole Miss going to do, right? You know, this is an Alabama, this is a Florida State. You know, what, who are they going to hire? I mean, let's, let's just be realistic about it. You know, I heard Chad Morris's name 
I'm interested in that. Um, I almost think Morris is uh, hanging out a little bit for, like, Texas Tech. Uh, if I can be completely honest, Morris he's sucks. definitely a Texas-based coach. Um, Morris sucks. I, I, I like Chad Morris. Oh, I'm glad somebody does. No, I mean, we'll, 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 we'll see how this all shakes out. Because there's going to be, uh, I, I guarantee you, Ole Miss is not the only team in the SEC looking for a coach next year. And they're definitely not going to be the only team in the country in a Power 5 conference looking for UCLA will, will probably look for a new coach after this season. You know, Tennessee. It could be. Uh, 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 Tennessee could. Auburn could. I mean, if things implode, Auburn could. Which, uh, ten wins whatever. Or, or Gus is gone. If, if Gus doesn't win ten games and beat Georgia at least, he's out. If he goes ten and two and loses to Georgia, Bama, he's fired. I'm telling you, he has to win ten games. He has to beat Georgia or Alabama. And I'm telling you, Tennessee. I don't know Butch Jones. I mean, I looked at his his quarterback. I looked at the ratings of quarterbacks in the SEC. It looked like Tennessee was 13th out of 14. If that's the case, Tennessee's going to go, what, 6-6, six and six, do you think, with a quarterback like that, maybe, 7-5? and five? Yeah. Is that yeah. going to be enough to keep Butch Jones? I mean, no. Tennessee's I mean, a big yeah. job to me. I, I think people have underestimated Tennessee, the, the job. I mean, think about, Jonathan, the facilities, the tradition – Tennessee's a big job. It's probably a top ten job in the country. So I'm going to get a top ten coach. I don't know about top ten, but it's, it's definitely in the upper echelon. Top fifteen. Uh, top fifteen. Uh, sure, top you can talk 10. me into that. You can definitely talk. I mean, you, but is Notre Dame going to need a new coach next year? And if things shake uh, out, like might NC State need a new coach next year? I mean, you know, if NC State makes noise this year, Dave Dorn could move on. Um, you know, I, I've heard Fedora linked to Ole Miss at North Carolina. You know, so there's going to be some big schools looking for another head coach, too. So, Ole Miss is not just battling themselves. They're battling the field. Mm-hmm. And, you know, timing's everything because Ole Miss could find them a decent coach if the situation's right. But if they get in a position where LSU's looking for a coach, Tennessee, Florida, uh, all these other schools are looking for coaches, and they're in trouble because that that's the thing. And I wonder if Bob Stoops would come back and take on a big job. Like, just say if Bob Stoops came back, do you think he would go to Tennessee? Do you think he would go somewhere like that? Because, I don't know, he's a pretty good coach. I'm not a big Bob Stoops fan, but the guy won, and he won consistently, and he lost consistently, too. Every year he's going to lose a couple games, but he shouldn't. But do you think he's done? Yeah, I do. I, I don't think Bob Stoops uh, comes back to coaching. I firmly believe that uh, his retirement is is final. Um, you know, he. I I think he just had his fill. And, and, and you know what? Hats off to him. He had a great career. He got a little yeah. good life. You know, I don't Call think Bob coach. Stoops. Oh no doubt. I mean, I don't think Stoops comes out of retirement for anything. Uh, you know, if he wouldn't leave Oklahoma for Florida, he's not going nowhere else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I just still would like to know what happened. 
I mean, I'm, you can say all you want, family. I don't – it just didn't seem right. It just did not sound right when he left. I think he had a health scare. I don't think anybody's talking about it, but I think he had a health scare. That sounds – yeah, there's wife's like, look, we've got millions and millions of dollars in the bank right now. What do you want? You've already got a championship. You've got a Hosmer trophy. I mean, what do you want? And I think he's like, I want to spend time with – isn't his kids starting high school, really, and playing football? Yes. And he wanted to yes. be around them? Yes. And, so, you know, I mean, everybody – better to coach you than your dad? <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, you know, and, and, and you know, because his son, I believe, is going to be a freshman this year. I could be wrong. I know he's in high school. Um, and then, uh, you know, and his dad died at, at, I think it was 54, when, as a high school coach did a heart attack on the sideline. And they said that's always weighed heavy on Bob. And I, I think he had a point where he looked at his age and went, I never thought I'd be coaching this long, um, A. Uh, B, I don't want to become my dad. And I, want to, I want to enjoy this time with my son. I want to enjoy this time with my family. I'm hitting, you know, the, la- the, second, cha- the second half of my life. Um, and, you know, we have the money. We're set up. We're good. The kids are good. You know, let's 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 really spend this together and have fun. I don't think anything negative happened to Bob. I think everything with Bob was personal reasons, and I respect the fact that Bob stoops. Now I kept calling him Bob, but I feel I feel bad about that. But uh, the, the with with, with <laughs> Coach Stoops, um, I think everything came down to personal reasons, family choices, what matters most to him, and I respect that so much because you knew when he did it. As soon as he retired, nobody questions it. Everybody's like, he's retired. That's kind of it. We accept it. Thank you for gracing us uh, on the sidelines for so many years and, and, and coaching kids and winning games and bringing joy to people and pain to others like me. Um, and, and, you know, we, we appreciate what you brought. We're like, Hugh Freeze, um, you're like, well, you've, you're leaving in the middle of a stink storm. And you know, even Urban Meyer retired and said it was health reasons. And I'm not coaching. Nobody believed him. And with Bob Stoops, it, really, it actually felt genuine. Yeah, I, I, I know. And I, I've talked bad about Bob Stoops. And just one thing, I mean, I don't like him. I never will. But you got to respect it. you got to respect the fact that the guy wouldn't back down from anybody. He took his shot at the SEC. He beat the SEC. He, he beat Saban. He beat Malzahn. He'd play whoever. And in the lead with a quarterback he's got in his arsenal, that takes – I mean, I think it made a point to his family, too. He said, look, I'm serious about this. It's not all about football. It's not because I'm going to go 6-6 six and six and get fired. I'm leaving this program in great hands. And I think Lincoln Riley – I mean, sometimes I wasn't ready for the job I got, Jonathan. I I took a I took a chance. You know, if you're ready for every job, that's impossible. Right, I I, I agree. Uh, you know, he left Lake and Riley, um, you know, a well-stocked ship, and said, "Look, you know, I wasn't going to leave you high and dry. Figure it out. First year, we're going to struggle. Fans are going to call for your head. Like, I'm going to leave you a, a a good setup here, and, and, and that because I care about you." As a professional, I care about you as the person. Uh, you because know, I, I heard um, that, that a lot, big thing with Bob with, with, with Bob Stoops was that he would um, he would schedule family time for his coaches. 
But, you know, during the week, yeah. he's like, okay, we're done today. Spend the rest of your family. No, no football. We're done with football. And they said family was very important to him. And that's one thing assistants love, but not just the assistants, but, you know, the wives and the kids and the family. That's why he was so loved by everybody that uh, coached for him and played for him was that he, he cared about not just you and what you can do for him, but he cared about you and what you do and who you are and who, 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 who's around you. And I think that's why, uh, yeah, you know, is he my favorite coach? No. I went, you know, my school went 0-3 against him and lost the national championship game to him. He's not my favorite coach. I don't really like him. He came from the University <laughs> of Florida, but he was a sense of coordinator of a team that beat us for another national title. You know, but I respect Bob Stoops, the person. No doubt about that. Yeah, he got him. Sorry, I was, my phone cut out. I don't know what happened. But, um, you know, Jonathan, we were talking about Bob, but Gus Malzahn, we are talking about him too. I don't know. I'm, I'm mixed about him leaving if, if he doesn't perform. I know you like Auburn this year. I like him. But I just want to talk two seconds about them. I was looking over Auburn's schedule. And you know when when Auburn's played their best, Jonathan, it's about when October gets, you know, like teams usually start out slow, right? You know, like Auburn teams seem to start out kind of slow and they get their rhythm by October. I was looking at the first six games for Auburn. If they can get past Clemson and Missouri on the road, I think they've got a legitimate shot to be 6-0 and heading into Baton Rouge on October 14th. That big three-game road trip to LSU, Arkansas, and then back-to-back-to-back with a tight weekend if the offense is clicking in October, it's going to be dangerous, man. I just want to throw that out there. That's why I got my bond to lose his job. If he, if he loses to Clemson and LSU and all of a sudden he splits Georgia and Alabama, I think he's gone, Jonathan. I don't know maybe how you feel about it, but Malzahn could be gone and Chip Kelly could be coming in. Uh, I honestly, I have Chip Kelly earmarked for UCLA. Just being honest, I have him earmarked. I think. Yeah, he's I a think this is guy, it. Isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's you know, he 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 just at this point, I think he's a West Coast guy uh, at UCLA. You know, he's kind of get get a, be able to run what he wants to do, uh, and nobody's going to think twice about it. Uh, you know, I, and I I really honestly believe he's earmarked there for Auburn. If Gus were to implode this year and you were to bring in a new coach, I don't even know where I'd begin. I, I, I really don't. I, I mean, could you, could you somehow convince Jeremy Pruitt to, cut, to jump on board to, as your head coach? That would be something. So, well, isn't it? I mean, it's not crazy to think that just say Auburn is 9-3. I think changing the coach sometimes can be very painful. It can be starting over. But if you look at Gus, what he's done, he's been here since he's been he's one. He's recruited top ten classes. And the years he's struggled or underachieved, I would say, is the quarterback situation wasn't good. We saw what he could do with Marshall and Newton. And then we saw what he could do with Jeremy Johnson that was not very good. Sean White last year was doing amazing. Those six games when Petway came in, starting on the road at Mississippi State, they were damn near unbeatable with that offense going. And, and if you, you you have a healthy Sean White in there, you have Petway, just say he was healthy, carry on was banged up. But if they could have won early in the season against Clemson, hell, this is a 10-2 and two ball club, John. And this is – and now you look this year with a much more favorable schedule, 
to Georgia and Bama at home, Clemson early in the season without their quarterback. I mean, this is a perfect opportunity for Auburn. So Gus Malzahn, I think, has done a, a very good job, especially with recruiting but also hiring coaches. So I just want to throw that out there. That's a part of coaching that gets overlooked, Jonathan, is hiring coaches. How do you hire coaches when they turn over so much? And I think he's done a great job, especially on the defensive side of the ball, letting those guys go and letting them work. Yeah, I mean, I've always said when it comes to a football coach, um, if you're an offensive coach and you want to run the offense, cool, hire a defensive coordinator you trust and let him run that show. And we're a defensive coach, uh, you know, vice versa. Uh, and the fact that he's let his defense be controlled by the defensive coordinator, I think, is has made big strides. Now, there are times where I think coaches, uh, head coaches need to step back a little bit and trust their coordinators a little more. This is what Gus does. You know, same thing that you know, Jimbo does. Uh, you know, those are, these guys run their offense. It's what they do. Whatever it works. Uh, but you're right. Gus has had some issues with the quarterback play. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and, and it'll be interesting to see what he can get out of Jarrett Stidham this year, because we all know Jarrett Stidham's talented. We all believe he's going to be really good in this offense. Now, can he? Now, can this offense get gelling and get going with Stidham? And you know, I mean, if they can, I know the track record of going into LSU and winning has not actually just going on the road it in the series. Yeah, I mean, 15 of the last 17, the home teams won between these two. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, but and that's that's obviously, that that's your water test. I mean, Clemson's big. You get by Clemson, okay, Clemson, you know, Auburn's for real. You lose to Clemson, we're still like, ah, what are they, right? You beat LSU. Yeah. All right, you know you're seven and zero. These are some big boys. If you're five and two, okay, they're good enough to be in second place. Yeah, Auburn can lose this Clemson. You know, you're still wondering, clicking, and it could happen. The first few three games of the season mean nothing, Jonathan, as long as you don't lose two of them. I mean, you know, if Auburn comes in there and they they go into LSU five and one. They beat them. Shit, they're rolling. They're undefeated in the SEC, and, and they're going to get some momentum. That doesn't mean anything. Ask Ohio State. Early in the season doesn't mean anything. Obviously, it did for Penn State last year. But, you know, you can lose. It's not bad to lose the Clemson the second game of the season. But if you lose that sixth game, seventh game to LSU on the road, that's where the problem is. Let's bring in an Auburn-Notre Dame fan himself, Mr. Quinn Thomas. Quinn I'm sure you want to chime in on what we're doing. How are you tonight? I'm doing good. Yeah, That's I line. actually. What's your comment? Um, I think he has to have nine wins or better. I don't. I feel like if he gets nine wins and wins the bowl game, I feel like that'd be good enough. I don't know if he has so to go ten to Georgia. So if he loses to Georgia, Clemson, and Alabama and goes nine three, you think he's got a job next year? I do. I don't. I hope but I don't want to start over. There's not a coach out there that I would want that I guess my right now. And I'm serious. I mean I agree. stupidity on my part, but who are you gonna hire? I mean I mean I like potentially Gus Jones, he chose you in 2010. He was the reason for that championship, really, and Nick Fairley and Cam Newton. But in 13, he turned around a 3-9 team, got him to the championship. 
And it, it's just, I mean, they haven't sucked. I mean, they've disappointed. They've had some expectations. But you think about it, Gus Malzahn, when he's got a quarterback, there's no better play caller. But Chip Lindsey is the wild card, Quinn. I think that's the reason for Auburn's offense this year. It's going to be Chip Lindsey's play calling, using the running back out of the backfield and the vertical passing game that I think is going to make Gus Malzahn look very good this year. I agree. I agree. I think, yeah, I agree with that. And I think Chip Lindsay is a little more unpredictable than Gus. I I think he can throw more things at you with Stidham at quarterback. I think he's going to use Stidham's ability to his full advantage with the play calling. So it'll be more unpredictable. And he was taking fifth string quarterback, Johnson, actually surviving at Air State. But Quinn, real quick, what do you think of Hugh Freeze? Uh, what what went on at Ole Miss? I was shocked that that this guy was prostitutes. I never saw that coming. Mm, I don't know. Nothing really shocks me with people anymore. So <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. it's kind of weird when I got the notification that. The reason why he resigned was because of prostitution. At first, I thought it was because of, like, the allegations, and that's why he resigned. But prostitution, that's kind of crazy. But I wasn't that surprised. Yeah. Well, Quinn, back to Auburn real quick. Um, Jonathan, I want you to chime in. I've heard and there's, there could be some possible, you know, you know, these kids these days, not just with Auburn, I'm familiar with Auburn more than I am any other school. There's some marijuana usage going on a lot, Jonathan, where these guys are having to go to rehab. There's several Auburn players that I'm, I'm hearing having to go to rehab to, to get off this, this marijuana. I don't know if you've heard anything like that or is it a problem at Florida State? Define problem. I mean, is everybody, yeah. I mean, I think I think it's a it's a millennial thing. I think it's a culture thing. I think we're kind of old school. I am, and and you look back at it, these kids think there's nothing wrong with it. And I think that's their normal way of life. Am I right or wrong, or they right or wrong? Who knows? But all I know is, coaches, that they have a problem on their hands right now with these kids. Well, you know, I don't want to make I, I you know I don't I don't like to delve into politics too much, but um. Look, marijuana should be legal. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, look, you know, I'm, I, I look, I don't smoke. Uh, I also don't drink, um, but I, I, I do believe that marijuana should be legal and should be regulated the same way alcohol is. Uh, they, they, they both, to me, the, the side effects are, are similar. Um, and you know, marijuana, being that it is naturally grown, yeah, you know, it's kind of like alcohol. Anyways, uh, is it an issue? Yeah, it can be. Yeah, of course, because it's not legal uh, in most states, and, uh, you know, it's you got to have self-control to realize that. I mean, you look at the Randy Gregory situation and the Josh Gordon situation where it's like you guys could stop smoking pot for like a year so you can make your millions of dollars, and that's, that's kind of sad. You're going to tell me it's not addictive. Well, no, obviously it is. We'll split and pass up millions of dollars to get high. Um, Thank you. You know, yeah, I mean, so I, I think, uh, you know, anything's addictive. Let me just put that out there. But, you know, there's the marijuana truthers out there, the pot truthers. If he's not addictive, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah? Yeah, if you don't, if you go a day without smoking, what happens? Well, I'm a little edgy. 
oh, that sounds like you're addicted to it. Because, like, if I go a day without my tobacco, I get a little edgy. You know, I know people who go without a drink for a day. They get a little edgy, you know. So, you know, I, I, it's just, I, I, you know, the players need to have some self-control. Now, you know, the Florida State's issues t- usually tend not to be with weed. you got to worry more about the players being at bars. Um but you know, I mean, I'm not. I'm never surprised whenever I hear about oh, this punch guy women, punch women and punch women in the face at a bar like Florida State. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Uh, I mean, yeah, um, no, that happened. I I'm mean, we sorry. gotta own it. I saw, I saw last chance you. I saw last chance you this this week. It came out Friday. I saw a couple episodes. I saw your boy Johnson there, the one that that hit that girl. So that's why. Awesome. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I actually, I need to go ahead and watch that. Maybe I'll, I'll get that done uh, tonight or tomorrow. Uh, but um, you know, I, you know, so I, is it an issue? Well, it's an issue because it's not legal and you can get in trouble for it. Okay, so you need to have some self control, and a lot of the players don't have any self control. And marijuana is not a millennial thing. Uh, it's the, you know people think it is, but we forget about the '60s generation and how they also have pot too. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I know people who were twice as old as me who enjoy smoking weed and you're just kinda like all right, you know, I didn't expect it, but fine, what I you know, that is that that that's you. Um, you know, you do you. Uh just like you know, you want to drink, that's fine. I don't drink. I like I no alcohol. Keep it away. Uh three hundred and fifty eight days now. So I I I think um I, I honestly think that the the coaches need to find a way to get this under control or and I hate saying this, they need to go ahead and just not put the onus on it. You know, don't suspend a kid for smoking weed. If you're not if you're not gonna try and get under control, then you can't punish them for it. That that that's where that that's where coaches gotta find the find the line and juggle it. Well I think these players came and said, Look, uh, we're having a problem with this and they offer and tell you, you know, that's what I think's going on. And uh are you gonna suspend a kid for coming to you want to help? You know, like so you gotta respect that. Hopefully they will. But hey, one thing I wanna talk about tonight too, and tonight, nine o'clock, everybody, I hope y'all are ready to watch Game of Thrones. Episode two is coming out tonight. Quinn, I'm sure you don't watch T V. Jonathan, you don't you don't watch Game of Thrones. Uh no, I I do not I've been meaning to get into it. Uh but oh, I just it's, it, it's on the back burner. God, it's a great show, Quinn. You need to get in there, man. Get in there and binge watch it, man. Just do it. Um, OJ Simpson. I know, I know, I know. Quinn doesn't care about OJ. I don't even think you were alive, Quinn. When OJ was driving the Bronco, were you? Down the, down Wasn't the, that like, the interstate? That was '93, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, that was two years yeah, before I was born. Yeah. I mean, OJ, man, this is, this bothers me. Look, I, uh, the guy killed two people. If you're stupid enough, and I've seen people make this a racial, racial thing, oh, OJ's innocent, he's getting, no, OJ's not. He's a murderer. He killed two people, chopped their damn heads off, okay? He's not innocent. The fact that he's getting out of prison right now is a thing. The fact that he got off with murder is the fact that he went to prison for for stealing something is stupid. 
So, Jonathan, I don't know what you think about O.J. Simpson, but the guy should be he, – he should have received a death penalty. Let's, let's just be honest and, and call a spade a spade. The guy's a murderer. He's violent. He shouldn't be out. He's a psychopath, man. I mean, whatever O.J. did, that's on him. He's got to sleep with it. You know, you, you, when he, you know that, when he gets up to uh, – when he gets to purgatory – and they tell him whether he's going up or down. I'm pretty sure up is not going to be an option. Um, you know, I mean, his last crime, look, you know, oh, he stole his own stuff back. Okay, fine. You did it at some point. Uh, issue number one. So let's just, you know, issue number two is you did it to a guy who was in a wheelchair. Um so, yeah, no, you deserve to go to jail for that. I mean, if, if there's anything that O.J. did that I can for sure, without a doubt, say you should be in jail forever. Um, you know, he kind of, he made the Kardashians, like, famous, and that's an issue. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, the, my issue with the whole O.J. thing was, like, you could bet on whether or not he was going to get paroled. And ESPN covered it. And this was a big thing. And now there's talks of him getting a TV show. I'm like, why won't people just go away? Like, O.J. just needs to go away. There is nothing he can do. Nothing he can do. And in and, 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 and the, the uh, limelight, there's nothing to where he looks good. He cannot recover his image. He cannot make himself like terrible. Go away. Go into hiding. Move to, I don't care where, some deserted island. Build a nice house. Live in seclusion. I really I don't want to see or hear about him, unfortunately, until he passes. Uh, because there's nothing. No, the majority of America does not know O.J. the football player, and that's a shame because he was a great football player. And, yeah, and that's the issue I have with O.J. If I was the parents of either Nicole or what's the other guy's name, uh, I would saw his head off as soon as he got out of prison. Yeah. I would be out there waiting with a machine gun to call something, and I'd cut his head off, Quinn. So I wouldn't even play with it. I would say, you know what? I don't have much time left anyway, so I'm going to kill this sorry son of a bitch. And then do what you want to after that. But anybody that killed my family and was sitting there walking with it and getting off scot-free, he would not make it another day in the surge, I'm telling you. Regardless of the consequences I had to face. It wouldn't matter. Quinn, your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, and it'll be interesting. I'm interested to see if he can stay out of trouble. Because I think you are right. I think think he kind of is a psychopath. I mean, the guy said for Pete's sake that he's not black, he's O.J. Simpson. I mean, he doesn't even have the black the black community behind him anymore, because of the because of that statement whenever he said it. But I don't know. A lot of people that said that said at that here parole say that he sounded the same as as he as he always had arrogant, you know, thinking he's above everyone and. And then uh, he started really getting defensive towards the whoever during that hearing trial, and 
I don't know. It'll just be interesting to see. Yeah. I agree with Jonathan about he should go into hiding and he should just go chill yeah. out and be with his family. Well, the guy said he doesn't. He said I've never liked any. I've never had a lot in conflict and never did anything like that. Really, you saw two people take off, and it's and, and you've never been in conflict. Said he was a mediator in prison, John. He would be the mediator of people in prison. I mean, my God. This guy actually believes it. And that's the sad part. I mean, what is it called when you believe, when you believe your own lies, really, and you're delusional? What is another word for it where you've actually manipulated yourself into believing this stuff about yourself? I mean, God, yeah. I'm just blown away. But 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 for people to make this a racial thing really bothers me. It has nothing to do with race. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I, I hate when people try to really be device create divisiveness just for the sake of doing it and the easiest way unfortunately to do it is um you know, you're either gonna go politically or you're gonna go racially and a lot of people went racially and tried to be divisive about it and it, it it's a shame. Uh, that people felt that it was necessary to do that. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, it, 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 it is what it is. Yeah, I could, I, yeah, yeah it's one of the things I, I could really care about. talking about this loser. Yeah, yeah. let's not waste too much time talking about this loser anymore. Yeah, hopefully somebody will saw his head off. So, so let's, let's move on. we got a few more minutes left. We have to talk about the ACC Coastal division, like we promised, we were going to do that last weekend. We didn't, but here we are. Sorry, I got a bad stomach virus. The whole family got sick, and um, my son brought a bad, 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 bad virus home from school, and uh, it damn near killed us. So glad we're alive here. Sullivan turned six six months today, so he's uh, he's getting big. Happy birthday, little son. Oh, I guess happy half-birthday, Sully. Yeah, happy six-month. He's sitting up on his own now, which is amazing. Uh, he's a, he's just growing, man. And he's going to be, me and him will be watching the Auburn Tigers play on the TV. Well, what is it, September 2nd? So it'll be our first football game together, watching college football. So hopefully, Doctor will give him, give him a good game and a reason to cheer, but... You know, we're going to step outside the SEC tonight and, and head on over to the ACC. And we, we, we talked about the Atlantic Division last time. And we, we all thought that it was that team you have to watch out for. All of us like Florida State, I believe, Louisville, Clemson, NC State, all, along with those teams, could get in there. But we all agree Wake Forest, Syracuse, and Boston College all suck. And they're going mm-hmm. nowhere. So let's move over to the Coastal Division. I don't think it'll be as dramatic here in the Coastal. Usually this is probably the best division that the – not the best division, it's the best run, the best uh, race to the finish with Miami, Virginia Tech, Pitt, Georgia Tech, Carolina. You know, Duke and Virginia aren't that very – aren't that good. But, Jonathan, this is your – this is the Coastal division with the Miami Hurricanes. It seems like that the media out there, they just are going ahead and put Miami in that game, in that ACC championship game. I'm not I'm not sold on Miami just yet. Uh, who's their quarterback going to be? 
Like, uh, that's what a lot of people seem to keep forgetting. Well, look at their defense. Look at this. Look at, okay, who, who's who's their quarterback? The guy who attempted four <laughs> passes last year, that's that's what we're rolling with. You know, that that's the thing with Miami is that everybody's uh, trying to anoint them without knowing really who's going to be the quarterback. And, look, I get it at the same point in time. Virginia Tech, who's your quarterback going to be? Uh, you know, you're yeah, you look you that we don't it's really you know, you're not gonna have experience coming back there. Pittsburgh, same thing. North Carolina loses Trubisky. Yeah, they bring in Brandon Harris, but is he actually gonna start? George Tech, who's your quarterback gonna be? You lost Justin Thomas and Matthew Jordan, um, you know, he he's hurt. You know, Duke has a good quarterback at Daniel Jones. Virginia Virginia sucks. We don't really care. Hey, Jonathan, are you there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We lost you for a second. Time. No, no, I heard you. you just went off for okay. five seconds there. You said Virginia sucks, and that's the last thing I heard. Oh, yeah, no, we need, needed a pause there. Just make sure that's thinking. I'll say it again. Virginia is <laughs> terrible. They're awful. They're, Virginia will not go bowling this year. Bank it now. I mean, this is to me, this is a 16 division race because Duke is the only one returning a quarterback that you know we know is competent. Um, Georgia Tech, I Georgia Tech's funky. When you don't have expectations for them, they they show up. When you do, they fall apart. You know, you look at 2015. Uh, well, you look at 2014. No expectations. 11 wins. 2015 expectations. Three last year. No expectations. Nine. So, you know, everybody's kind of stuck looking like maybe they'll be something, maybe they won't. We don't know. North Carolina, Brandon Harris. Are we really banking on Brandon Harris to guide you to uh, another AC championship game? I don't know about that one. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh, your defense wasn't that good. You lost James Conner. You lose Peterman. What are you going to do? Virginia Tech loses Gerard Evans. And Miami loses Kaya. Like they see coastal, you're not you know don't your best quarterback was on the team that went four and eight last year. So so how much better is this division than it was last year in your opinion? I don't think it's better this year. I just think it's more confusing this year, to be honest. Um, last year when you had Kaya and Trubisky and Evans and Peterman. Um, you know, I, I, I really uh, – Justin Thomas, God, I would never forget him for George Tech. I mean, you know, you, you look at this division, you're like, wow, look at the quarterback talent. This is going to be fun offensively. You know, now you're looking at it, you're like, okay, Miami's defense should be really good. Or G Tech's defense should be good. Pitt's defense should be improved. Uh, North Carolina's defense should be improved. Duke, we're not sure. George Tech, okay, we expect them to have a decent defense. So yeah, I think you're gonna. I think it's gonna be a lot de- uh, defense. I, I think what you're gonna see this year in the AC Coastal is road games are gonna matter. You know, Miami's got three. They gotta go to. They gotta go to Duke on Friday night, Pittsburgh on the Friday night after uh, Thanksgiving, and they gotta go to North Carolina, right? Uh, you look at Virginia Tech, and you know they gotta go to Miami. They gotta go to North Tech, um, you, and East Carolina, which teams really tough scheduling them. Pitt's got to go to Penn State. They've got to go to Georgia Tech. They've got to go to Syracuse. They've got to go to Virginia Tech. They've got to go to Duke. You know, North Carolina, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Pitt, I mean, you know, Pitt on Thursday night, NC State. You know, I mean, a lot of these teams, if you can win your road games, that's going to be huge this year. You know, I think I think what's going to wind up happening is a lot of people are giving teams edges because of their home schedule. That's where Miami, honestly, I believe Miami gets an edge. 
because their tough road games are North Carolina, Pitt, and Duke. Once you get past Florida State, which is their own. Mm-hmm. So Miami can find a way just to sneak their way in um, because their schedule should be the easiest. Yeah but, well, yeah, but, yeah, but what kind of home field advantage is Miami now, really? None. Not. <laughs> I mean, yeah. absolutely 100% none. Yeah, and it's like, it's, it's you know, if you're playing, I, I think most of their games are road games, honestly. I mean, they're even though they're in their backyard, there's more visiting fans than there are home fans, unless – Unless Florida State's in town or, or somebody like that, then they'll, all the bandwagon fans will come and throw crap onto the field when they get beat. But, you know, yeah. I mean, Miami is Miami. I don't think Mark Rick – I mean, look at all the talent he had at Georgia. Every year he had top ten recruiting classes, some of the best quarterbacks, still no SEC championships, no championships of any kind. So what makes you think that he's going to go to the ACC and actually win anything? That's – that's what confuses me. I mean, he had the talent of Georgia, Quinn. He had all the talent in Georgia. There's no excuse for him not having two or three SEC championships. He had zero. He choked every year. So he's going to choke this year, don't you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, Richard is a, a bad coach, but he's not a really good coach. He's a good coach that can have nine to eight wins and maybe ten wins with a bowl win. And that's what he is. And I think people mm-hmm. expect expect more out of him. Well, that's that's just what he is. I'm, I mean, he'll get you eight to ten wins a year, but he probably won't ever get you a conference championship. I mean, maybe maybe uh, every once in a while you might you might get to. Um, the um like the Orange Bowl or something, but you'll probably never win a conference championship, and we'll probably never make it to the playoff. No, especially with Florida State and the Atlantic, you have to go through them twice. So, I mean, if Miami's going to win, they're going to have to play Florida State twice. Probably they have to beat Clemson or Louisville. They're not going to do it. NC State. And, and not only that, their own division, Virginia Tech and Pitt and North Carolina, Jonathan, are getting better. Georgia Tech, you know, let's not forget about them. That's a team you have to watch out for this year that can win this division. Yeah, I mean, the Coastal, I, I honestly could see like a three-team tie at the top, four-team. I mean, I think I think it's going to be really – it is. Like you said, this is a – Division that always seems to come down to the wire. It's a race to the finish. And I think it's going to be that once again uh, this upcoming year. Uh, and look, my thing with Miami, and get it, I'm a Florida State fan, so I'm biased. Yeah, whatever. You know, yeah, Pac fan. All right. So my thing with Miami is they've never made it. Every time people think Miami is going to get there, they find a way to slip up. So until Miami proves it to me they can get to the ACC championship game, I don't believe they will. That's a good way to look at it. I mean, I just don't. I could never imagine Miami making the playoff or making the AC. I mean, they may make the AC championship, but that's not really saying much, honestly. That's like winning the SEC East. It's not really. Who cares, really? I mean, it, it, all it means is uh-huh. you're going to get skull drugged in the championship game. That's what it means. If you win the East or you win the, the Coastal, it means you're going to get your brains beat out by the other division. So. 
Miami, did they play anybody out of conference really this year? Let's let's talk about their schedule because that's the interesting team in this division that everybody wants to to talk about. So the Miami Hurricanes schedule, let's look at that real quick and kind of go through. Usually they don't even leave the state. I mean, but I think this year they're going to Arkansas State. So they have two yeah. games in a row. Bethune-Cutman to start out with. I mean, is that a high school team or a junior college where is that? Um, uh, <laughs> Bethune-Cookman is a HBCU located in Daytona, and they are not – no, that that's going to be a route. Um, they beat them 45 to nothing in 2015, and they beat them 38 to 10 in 2012. Well, well the game's televised on RSN, whatever that is. What the hell kind of network is that? Regional Sports Network. Okay, I haven't heard of it, but now that you said that I have, uh, at Arkansas State the next week, that could be kind of tricky. <laughs> I mean, they have to go to Arkansas State. They couldn't get a legit home and home. They have to go to Arkansas State. <laughs> <laughs> they went to Appalachian State next last year. They have to go to Arkansas State. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. You think Florida State would ever go there? No. See, I think game day, the second week is going to be in Clemson, Providence, Clemson. The third week, I think they're going to be in Tallahassee for the Miami-Florida State game. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, even if Florida State loses to Alabama, if they keep it close, they don't get their head kicked in. Um you know what? You're the only one believing that as this group of three, and I really mean that. Um, so I, you know, I, I think it could. It's such a big robbery game that you know it's going to be an ABC. It's it's already going to be the eight o'clock game. Like let's let's not play games. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, Toledo. They come back and play Toledo at home at Duke bye week. Georgia Tech home. Syracuse home at North Carolina. Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, Virginia. I mean, that's a three-game stretch right there. Virginia Tech, and Virginia, then the win. I mean, Notre Dame's got a good chance right there to go into. I mean, this is not the old Miami Notre Dame games we back in the '80s, '90s, but you know, Notre Dame's got a chance this time of year to to knock Miami out of some kind of hunt, especially a yeah. playoff hunt. Yeah. And I I actually see Notre Dame winning that game. I see my I see Miami, Miami beating Virginia Tech the week before, so I think they'll be on a high. And again, Notre Dame had one of those close losses to them last year in Notre Dame, so I think Notre Dame will be looking to avenge that game, and I think Notre Dame will get it done. Okay. You know, cheating, you know, we talk about Florida State. I mean, Jonathan, they got the two, three, and five player in the country in 17. What kind of cheating in the ACC? <laughs> you know, yeah, as, as we like to say in the ACC, it's just me. Oh, wait, no, that's the SEC. Um, we're just better than you. There we go. That, that's, our, that's our phrase. Uh, it says it just means more. We're just better than you. Uh, I mean, look, you look at Miami's schedule. 
You got a tough Florida State game. You got to come home and play Toledo, and Toledo's actually a good ball club. Uh, then you got to go to Duke on a Friday night, which doesn't sound that fun, to be honest. You gotta I have them losing that. Quinn, I, I appreciate you. I really yeah. do. Um, <laughs> any Miami <laughs> loss is a good loss. Um, then they come home from Georgia Tech on a Thursday night. That that's definitely uh, an advantage, uh, especially since they are seven and one against Georgia Tech in a lot of state games. You're home for Syracuse. They'll win that game. You're at North Carolina. Uh, the road teams tend to struggle in that series. You come home from Virginia Tech, which, by the way, I don't know who scheduled this, but Virginia Tech's homecoming this year. <laughs> that was dumb. Your homecoming was – somebody was like, yeah, we're, we're the Virginia school. And they and somebody decided, oh, okay, we'll do it for Virginia. No, 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 no. Homecoming should have been Virginia. You, you kind of screwed Tennessee. that up, guys. Hats off. That's kind of like Florida scheduling LSU for homecoming. Yeah, just <laughs> – not 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 your best moment was it? you know and then like like we said they they got they get to play Notre Dame who they haven't beaten in what feels like forever. Um, then you get um, Virginia which should be homecoming. Uh, still, by the way, my favorite Miami Virginia game, two thousand and was it two thousand and eight when they beat Virginia Virginia shut down the Orange Bowl. Those seven or eight, shut down the Lord, we'll get them 48 nothing. Still my favorite uh, Miami-Virginia game. But, and then you close the year at Pitt on the Friday after Thanksgiving. I mean, this is a schedule that can be very tough. There, there's definitely some tricks in it. You know, you have four t- you have four road games that can trip you up, definitely. One that will. Uh, you have another one that you're like, where, where did this game come from? You have um, four home games where, you know, this should be a good contest. I I feel Miami's ceiling really is nine and three unless unless this quarterback that steps in, um, which I you know from everything I'm hearing should be Malik Rozier, um, who was the uh, the backup last year. But you know whoever the backup that steps in, unless he lights the world on fire, I feel their ceiling is nine and three, uh, and I feel like three losses in conference is is, is very probable. It's a team that could easily go eight and four. Yeah, I'm thinking nine and three, eight and four. But I mean, am I crazy to pick Virginia Tech to win this division? That's what no. I have one in it. Yeah, I mean, I look at I look at Virginia Tech. They got the West Virginia game start the year Sunday night um, in Maryland. Delaware Blue Hens come to town the following week, but their their road games at East Carolina at Boston College, at Miami, at Georgia Tech, and at Virginia. That's not too terrible. They got Clemson at home. They don't play Florida. And who else? They don't play Louisville. So that's not too bad, is it, Jonathan? Or, excuse me, Quinn, let me go to you. You look at Virginia Tech's schedule, not having to play Louisville and Florida State out of the ACC is kind of a shot in the arm, isn't it? I mean, it kind of gives you a little confidence. Say you lose to Clemson, oh, well, but you, you may not at being at home. But look at those road games. I can see Virginia Tech winning all of them. I agree with you. I agree with you, and I have them. Well, like I told you guys a couple weeks ago, I have Virginia Tech going eleven and one, and I and I could see myself whiffing on that, but I don't ha- see them <laughs> losing more than losing more than four games. So. I have my I have a bunch of teams in this coastal at eight and four, 
So I'm Miami at eight and four. So even if I whiff with the eleven and one, uh, I I think between nine to eleven wins is what they'll have. So regardless, I think they'll win the coastal. Plus, you look at the difficulty of this road game. So like the stadium atmosphere. I mean Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, Virginia, and East Carolina are probably the toughest road atmospheres they'll be going into, Those are, which isn't those are saying much. Yeah, I went to Georgia Tech game. I thought I was in the eighth grade gym free game. Home <laughs> field advantage. I mean, Georgia Tech. I mean, one, one thing about Georgia Tech is that quarterback, their quarterback we interviewed on this show coming out of high school, we signed with Georgia Tech, and so I hope he wins, but so when if Virginia Tech goes eleven and one, and they win the ACC, but they beat Florida State, Clemson, somebody, do they go to the playoff? No, I don't think I don't think they'll win the ACC championship game. But I, if they if they do what I what I think they could do, then uh, I think they could get um, in the Big Six Bowl. I think they could get into one of those. I think a 12-1 and Virginia Tech team ACC champion, Jonathan, is going to be in the final four. I mean, that's – because they've got some yeah. big wins. It depends on who they lose to, really. If they lose to, to Clemson and would beat everybody else, it depends on really how these other teams are. But if they if they are 11-1, and Jonathan, and they end up beating Florida State at the end of the season, a team that they haven't played that season, it'd be hard to hold them out with it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, you know, this is a schedule that – uh, obviously, you know, Billy does them no favors. You know, you, you get to play West Virginia right off the bat, a uh, big rivalry game. Uh, you know, you got to go to East Carolina, who they've lost two of the past three against. East Carolina, very pesky team. Um, they really enjoy it when they play Virginia Tech and North Carolina State. Those seem always good games. Um, for the one that I think everybody um, remembers is when they played them, right? It was the open the season after that big shooting. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, then you gotta go. You gotta go to Clemson two weeks after that. That's gonna be a tough end. Uh, you know, and, and you're you're you have to go to Boston College, who they have a clear advantage over now. Uh, I mean, remember when Boston College and Virginia Tech were the two best teams in the ACC at one point? Uh, uh, you get North Carolina's homecoming. I don't. Okay. I mean, whatever. Um, you know, they're 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 probably gonna beat Duke. You gotta go to Miami. I mean, like 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 you guys talking about is that really a tough road atmosphere? No. Then you gotta go to Georgia Tech next week. Tough road atmosphere? No. And you know the tech schools going ahead always tend to be fun. You bring you bring home for Pittsburgh, who I think they'll beat, and then you gotta go to Virginia, who they've beaten 13 years in a row. And I don't think I don't see that streak stopping. Uh, so looking at Virginia Tech, I, I really think they top out closer uh, to 10 and two. I think is, is their ceiling. Yeah. Um, but this is the team yeah. that I think will win the ACC Coastal. Hey, what is North Carolina doing going on the road at Old Dominion? I mean, my God, is ACC that bad that they have to go road games to these high schools? Well, so what what happens if um, this is this is what I've been informed of <laughs> is that. Teams like North Carolina and Miami and Oklahoma State, you know, to to get these lower tier programs to play them, and now it's just do a one time money grab. We got to pay so much. They do a two for one. So North Carolina will get two home games against Old Dominion, and then they got to play one uh, at their place. 
and it's a way for the schools not to spend as much money on scheduling the games. Yeah. Um, but it's awesome, but, isn't it, to have a – if you're an Old Dominion fan, I mean, I know North Carolina is not Florida State, but if you're an Old Dominion season ticket holder, I think it's nice to have a game like that for your for your ticket holders. I mean, you may get your ass kicked, but at least the fans can come in and see a big-time team play you. And I'd like to see Auburn do that some and play these teams that – you know, you played Mercer or something. Hell, go to Mercer and play. Give their fans a chance to to see a real football team. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, I mean, North Carolina's previous matchup. I mean, I, I love the idea of that. It's just North Carolina last time they played Old Dominion, was 2013. It was the only time I bet they played 2013. That was Old Dominion's first year, and uh, at, at the FBS level, and North Carolina dropped 80. Eight zero eighty on them. So Old Dominion's obviously a better team now. They got a good coach in Bobby Wasser. Um I, I think that the, you know, they, I don't think they're going to beat them eighty to twenty uh, like they did then. But you know, like at the same time, you know, I mean, it's cool to see teams like you say go on road trips like this. You know, if you're a seat ticket old, old Dominion, it's kind of cool to get get the season ticket back and go. Oh, we got North Carolina State at home this year. You know, that's pretty neat. That that'll be an interesting game. Getting to see, and you know, if we win, wow. If we lose, I mean, you know, were we expected to win? You know what I mean? Yeah, this it's going to be fun though, man. College football, Quinn is coming back. I mean, I cannot believe that we're a month away from football. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but the Game of Thrones is actually helping me a little bit get through. You know, when Game of Thrones ends, football will be back. So, I mean, what do you? you do Quinn Patton before football starts? What do you do when you're jonesing for that game and it's three weeks away? Well, how are you going to handle it? Well, I follow so many sports that I've been able to hold off on me really wanting it till like mid-August, where I won't get in it, I won't get a serious itch for it till mid-August. I learned just from a couple of years ago that. If uh, if you start Jones and Fort too early, it seems like time seems to last forever. So I just don't I don't think about it too much, and I just follow all the other sports that I like that are going on. So normally I'll start getting the itch like mid August when like we're a week or two out. Well, I'm itching right now. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Uh, Jonathan, I mean, it's just, it's just, I cannot wait. I think uh, Hard Knocks comes on in a couple weeks. It'll be here, I think the first week of August. But it's on, man. When does training camp start? Doesn't doesn't it start like next week? I think players reported this week. Yeah. Oh man, I mean, it's just, and the thing is, and everybody overlooks it. I mean, we love college football. There's no doubt about it. But that NFL football is getting to where how do you miss it? I mean, I'm having to pay hundreds of – which I haven't. They've been giving it to me free. But, I mean, you got to pay a lot of money to get the uh, the Red Zone channel and all the NFL games, a Sunday ticket, Jonathan. I, I love NFL, but I don't think I'm going with a Sunday ticket this year. I don't really care. Anymore, I, the, the NFL's lost my interest for the most part. Um, I, you know, I, I I barely watch Bucks games as is. Uh, so you know, on Sundays I tend to actually like 
can't do things now. Well, I'm going to tell you why I got the ticket, and it's because if you live in Atlanta, every week they put the Sorry Falcons on. So you you can't watch anybody. <laughs> they'll have that as a Fox game, and they'll have nothing on CBS. They may put the Dolphins and the Jets on. But I like to watch the game I want to watch. I like to watch Carolina. I watch every one of their games. Quinn, I'm sure you do too. You watch the Bears. Um, I want to watch the Panthers yeah. play every Sunday. That's why I get the ticket. Uh, it's just the way I like to do it, but I cannot stand living in Atlanta and having to watch every Falcons game on TV. I won't do it. It costs me a couple hundred dollars a year. I have to deal with it. So I wonder what who Jason watches. Jason Humphreys is in the studio somewhere, but I wonder what he does for the NFL. Does he get the ticket? I don't know. It's a lot of money. It's uh, You have to have direct TV, first of all, to get the Sunday ticket, right, Jonathan? I think that's the only – Network, yeah. or cable, or satellite provider you can get. I think Verizon offers it now. Oh, do they? Okay. Yeah, well, I Jason believe right they now. Let's do. see. Let, let's see what Jason does for NFL. Jason, who do you, who do you pull for in the NFL, and and do you get the Sunday ticket? Um, I'm a Cowboys fan, and no, I get um the Red Zone, Red Zone channel. Yeah. Well, Red Zone's amazing too. Yeah, it is. How are you a Cowboys fan living in Oregon? Aren't you a Chargers fan, too? I was. I was until they moved. I was until they moved. I just didn't like the move. I didn't okay. like the move. I didn't like how they did it, how, how abrupt they did it. Okay, I... It just felt like a bad divorce. So, yeah. That's Jerry Jones I, is doing, though. That's your favorite team Dallas is doing. Yeah. yeah. Los Angeles. Yeah. So, 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 so how, how long have you been a Cowboys fan? <laughs> One year. Yeah, about a year. <laughs> oh, oh, well, I know I'm going to get slapped for this. Okay. I just... Bandwagon. <laughs> like I was saying, I get the Red Zone channel. Well, you may run like maze, but you hit like shit. I use that. Line. I cannot believe you. I can't believe you. You're a Cowboys fan after last year. Come on, Jason. Come on, man. That's Do better. Johnson, Do better. Man. Come, Come on, man. man. Yeah. Like yeah. you, you could have became a Bears fan. Why? <laughs> well, you have enough fans. He should have. Okay, should have right. become a um, a Cardinals fan. They don't have enough fans. Be a Cardinals fan. It's hard when you live with a family member of the quarterback of the Cowboys. It's hard oh. to not root for them. Okay. It's hard. Why? Will, will, will you repeat that again, Jason? Will you repeat that? My fiance is Dak Cousins, Dak Prescott's cousin. No shit. No bull. No bullshit. Oh. So, that's oh. that's where it comes from. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's all yeah, that. Yeah, that is kind of cool. 
Well, no wonder you're a Cowboys fan, then, Jason. Well, okay. that's good. How, how about how, how about how about you get me VIP tickets then? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would see talk to him. Jeez, Louise. But well, Jason, no. okay, we're not gonna say much longer. Game of Thrones starts in a few minutes. Uh, what do you think about Hugh Freeze and Ole Miss? Did that surprise you? Hey, no, no, it didn't. We we've been talking this NCA rumblings and whatnot, and yeah, I hope that prostitute was worth it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a lot of money for a prostitute these days. But Hugh Freeze, oh, yeah. you know, it it surprised me. It really did. It really surprised yeah. me that, that he did that. Quinn's right. Nothing surprises you really with people, but that wouldn't be the taken for. Somebody listening to the damn radio in the background. <laughs> no, um, I got enough. Jason like normal. I got I got Netflix going. But what I might watching? be crazy. Last chance you and I'm gonna talk about this. I'm Okay, Ole Miss next season. Okay, my crazy prediction is they interview um, Bud Stevens, the East Mississippi coach. I'm not really? crazy. I, I just crazy. have a feeling, and I'm probably a thousand percent wrong, <laughs> which is fine. It won't be the last time, but I just have a crazy feeling. This guy punched a damn official at midfield last year, Jason. You think he's ready for SEC football? <laughs> sure, he was I, did. I've, I've, yeah, he did in um, season one. Yeah. yeah, season two now, and he's he's doing push-ups yeah. for every cuss word he does. Could you imagine Saban on the sideline <laughs> doing push-ups for cussing? <laughs> the guy's a mascot. Yeah. No well, Jason, if he does that, you're thing. gonna you're you're the man, Jason. If you predict that and that happens, uh, hey, hey, I my know hats I'm off wrong, to you. So, yeah. Hey, you got to think outside the box sometimes, man. You're yeah. doing it. You're doing it right now. I'd yeah. be surprised, Jonathan. I don't know if you you know who he's talking about, the coach. But yeah, I, I do. Him it, in the SEC, but but Ole Miss. I mean, hell, you never know what they're gonna do. Yeah, I, I mean, oh, I, I like the coach. Uh, I mean, obviously he has some troubles, I guess, with relate. Well, come on, man, with um, with relating to players and and whatnot. Uh, but that's that's just that's always going to be an issue when you're taking eighteen year olds to them with a fifty year old and saying, "Hey, figure this out." Um, I, you know, I I don't think he's a bad coach. Uh, I just think that if you put him in a different spot, it, it might be better off for him. But I don't know if he wants to be in, in that big of a spot. Um, you know, I mean, the guys want at his level consistently, uh, and is probably proven to be the best coach in in that conference. So we'll um, we'll, we'll 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 see if that actually shapes out. If but I mean, if if that happens, yeah, Jason, you're you. you you get props. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 Ole Miss could be last chance you. Ole Miss could be that now. I mean, yeah. Hell, their coaches screwing people. I mean, they actually hired Ed Orgeron one time. That I'll tell you something about this. Well, yeah. hell, I'm going to go with you, Jason. I'm going to go ahead and predict it. You're right. No. If they hired Ed Orgeron, they would hire anyone. 
Hey, yeah, we got alone. It's, uh, it's in the backyard. I, it's, uh, I think you know, his Ed Orgeron is better than what you give him credit for. I mean, leave Ed alone. Leave him alone. Uh, this is a guy that ripped see. off his shirt in the locker room <laughs> and threatening people, threatening his own players, wanting to fight him in the locker room. This guy. <laughs> it was 10 I years mean, ago, Brian. You just gave me a bad may lose six games. Yeah, LSU may <laughs> lose six games this year. That's how bad of a coach he is. If he no. can't win that LSU. Stop. Okay. I don't know what a coach can't win that LSU. You know he's a bad coach because LSU, I know. Louisiana is a hotbed of recruits. Yeah, Miles my, my I mean, even won a championship. Yeah, I mean, like, so, I'm gonna I'm be honest. There's a hundred coaches in football better than Les Miles, and he he won there. He didn't win yeah, enough. He won it. Leave Ed alone. Leave leave the Cookie Monster alone. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell I you this: I wouldn't want to fight Ed Orgeron. <laughs> well, quit bothering me. Well, 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 well he's soft. Why would you be afraid well, to fight him? Just throw a piece of chicken at him, man. He'll make you alone. Uh, that guy's a tough. He's a Cajun, man. That guy's... Yeah. I mean, he can't fight, I've heard. Chuck. He's he's pretty good at that. So I wouldn't want to mess uh-huh. with him. But as far as him running, a, being the CEO of LSU, I'm telling you, that, that loss to Florida last year should tell you a lot about him. The fact that he let a player sit out a bowl game, the fact that that he a player was injured and then got in a fight before the game and then ran and put his uniform on and came out and played. That shows you how much control he has over his team. I mean, zero. Uh-huh. Oh, leave Eddie alone. Uh-huh. Jonathan, what was he, your cousin or something? <laughs> no, I'm just I like, 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 no, man, I'm not, I'm not that, 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 that like, God, God, I'd, I'd be coaching Come on, there. man. Um, Come on, I mean, man. no, I'm just, I'm just saying, I mean, you know, I, I read the book that Feldman wrote, Meat Market, that talked about Orgeron and, and, and his time at Ole Miss, and um, obviously, you know, the, the taking the shirt off and challenging the players thing happened. Um, you know, I mean, he got run out of Miami. Let's, let's be honest. His, his coaching career died, almost died because he couldn't get himself under control at the University of Miami during their, their run. Um, you know, he was, you know, this is somebody who was supposed to go play at LSU and decided he'd rather be closer to home at Northwestern State. I mean, you know, but he, you know, you saw what he did at USC. And, and you know, to, to hire him at Ole Miss, it wasn't a bad hire at the time. And at the same time, Ole Miss wasn't in the best spot. Um, so, you know, look, look, looking at the, looking at everything that encompassed Orgeron and, I always believe you got to give a guy another chance as far as the head coach goes because their first go run, it does not always go beautiful the first time. Uh, that you know, that it happens. Um, you know that's why I think Lane Kiffin got this shot, even though it's. I mean, if you really think about it, it's really his third chance, even though he never really had one in Oakland because Al Davis is nuts, um, and he ran himself out of Tennessee very quickly. You know, mm. but I mean, I think all coaches deserve a second chance to be a head coach once they've been one. If the first one didn't go well, because you know, not everything you know, you're learning and you're just you're figuring out how to handle all this. And I think this is why um, that this could be 
a, a, a good fit for Orgeron in the long run. I mean, he grew up an LSU fan. He, I don't think he's going to uh, accept anything less than success. At, well, he's, he's, thrilled. he's thrilled to be a head coach of an SEC school. That shows you how the SEC's dropping off yeah. having coaches like him in there. I mean, that's just the truth. I think you're he's underestimating thrilled. him. Come on, Brian. Come on. Why don't you like him? I mean, he's a hell what, of what a is the real the reason? Because, because he's just terrible. He doesn't like anybody who likes to have fun. Like Dabo, like Dabo that's the reason why he doesn't like Dabo, because he thinks Dabo's too much of a clown. <laughs> Because he, he likes to have too much fun. Dabo? Who the hell is Dabo? Dabo? Oh, you mean Debo. You mean Debo from Friday. You mean Debo from Friday. Whatever his name Quinn, is. Quinn, I don't, I, don't like, I don't like clowns and mascots. Unless it's Obby for Auburn. I don't like, I don't like mascot <laughs> for me in a year. To sit over there and... Rah, 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 rah. Armor Fran and the damn water boy. That's who we got. So you, you guys will see this year. You guys will see. Well, they'll they'll win win four games. Win 10 games. They beat Auburn. Yeah, they're not going to win. They're not going to beat Auburn. You know better than that. Uh... Look, I'm going to go on their schedule real quick. You've already got me interested. Um, let's look at LSU. Yeah, they play BYU. They'll beat them. Chattanooga. Yeah. I, I think they lose at Mississippi State. They're, uh, they're going to beat Syracuse and Troy. They're going to lose to Florida on the road. They're going to lose to Auburn. They're going to lose to Alabama. And they're probably going to lose to Tennessee or A&M. Hell, they may be 6-6. Six and six. I may just change my prediction. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. They're going to beat BYU. They're going to beat Chattanooga. They're going to beat Mississippi State. They're going to beat Syracuse. They're going to beat Troy. They're going to be 5-0 and oh going to Florida. I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Florida. They're going to be Ole Miss. Uh, I, I'm pretty. I'll tell you right now, they probably be Arkansas, Tennessee, and this this team can win ten games. This LSU team can easily can. win ten games. Yeah, they could. But it's a favorable schedule. You look at it. I mean, it's not really favorable. They play at Florida. That's a tough one. At Mississippi State's not easy. At Ole Miss. No. At Alabama and at Tennessee, there's five true road games right there. I mean, that's and that's tough, and they're all SEC games too. Yeah. That's tough, and that's why I'm saying Ed Orgeron's not the coach to be able to do it. They don't have the quarterback. I mean, Tennessee by November 18th, they may be good. But Texas A&M, yeah. hell, we don't know. They may be good. Arkansas, may they've be never beaten LSU. How that series goes? They yeah. won. Oh, I know. I know. A&M still but, not beat LSU. It's in LSU. I mean, you know what's nuts is LSU, uh, last time they lost in Tennessee, 2001. They're going to beat Tennessee. They're going to beat Arkansas. Keep their goal move. They're going to they're go to Ole Miss and break the streak of the home team winning five in a row. They're going to beat Ole Miss. Um, you know, I, I, I think they're going to beat Florida. I think that's a big game for them. They're going to come in really high for that Florida game. They're going to play close to Troy just because they're looking forward to Florida. They'll beat Troy by, like, 14. They're going to go to Florida, put the smack down on them, come home, have nothing left, and get dusted by Auburn, right? Then they're going to beat Ole Miss, get the bye week, and then Alabama, they're going to go to Bama, probably lose. LSU, I think, have to win 10-2, 9-3 at worst. 
LSU plays Alabama tough in Tuscaloosa, man. They that's a tough, tough team. But I'm gonna tell you, the third week against Mississippi State on the road with that quarterback, I mean, that that could happen, Quinn. I know, I know y'all don't think so, but that's a dangerous game, a, a night game in Starkville, possibly. Dan Mullen's a lot better coach than Ed Orgeron. That There's home field advantage. They're 16-1 against Mississippi State. The only time Mississippi State beat them was 2014. They're 16-1. Yeah, I remember that. That that was a woodshed back there with Dak Prescott. That was in Baton Rouge. Yeah, Yeah, but it was a blowout before that, though. Yeah, I know. It wasn't as bad as the offers there. Oh, my God. Oh, I know. I will tell you, you guys guys love for you guys love Fred Orgeron is is crazy, and I hope I hope he I hope he beats Alabama this year. I hope he really does, but I don't know. That's a tough job. schedule. I'm gonna root for him. It is, but but here's the deal: you got those tough road games, but then your home games, you got Chattanooga, Syracuse, Troy, Auburn, and Arkansas, and A and M. So I mean, your 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 home games are tough too. So you look at the road, you look at home. Yeah. My God, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna put them underdog in about three games this year. I mean, to me, I, I don't I think they'll be favored over Auburn. I think they'll be a small favorite over Florida. They'll be underdogs at Alabama, and I, I, Alabama may be the only game they're an underdog to this year. Brian, what's the last time Auburn won at LSU? It was Tommy Tuberville. It was Scott. It was 20 years ago, probably. Uh, 1999. Okay. I was four years old. <laughs> yeah. just, just put it out there. Put it out there. And I was I was at the game in what was it? Uh, God, it was 2006 or seven when Auburn Brandon Cox went to LSU and we had him beat. They threw that pass up into the end zone with time running out instead of kicking a field goal. Less miles. Yeah, 2007. I was in Baton Rouge a night game. That was amazing, oh, that yeah. game was. But I wish we would have won. But I think Auburn with the quarterback play, the offensive line, the running backs, the receivers, the defense, and the kicker, I mean, they have everything they need to be able to beat. And finally, if you look at Auburn going into Baton Rouge, this is the most favorable team they've had going into Baton Rouge, I think, ever that I can remember. And, and you look at, at 13 – when we went there and lost, that was a better team than us at that time. LSU was mm-hmm. was a lot better team. We got better, but this year, Auburn going into the season is a better football team than LSU. Will they beat them? I don't know. It'll be tough, but I think mm-hmm. Auburn's got the team that can do it. I don't think LSU can score with them. I really don't. I agree. So we'll see. I mean, we'll see, we'll see. You know, after – after O took over, they went five and two and it's been five wins, forty two, forty five, thirty eight, thirty eight, and fifty four. I mean they you know, put up ten against Florida and a goose egg against Bama. Um, you know, but I mean think about it, that. It, let me let me let me go look at this with you right quick. And you you said that like like I'm supposed to drop down to my knees and kiss his ass or something, but yeah. well, no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying that the offense definitely improved after Les Miles and Cam Cameron were ousted, yeah. and then they brought in a very good offensive coordinator uh, to run the show. When did Les, when did Les this year? leave? When did he get fired? After Auburn, did Les Miles get fired? Yeah, right after, after Auburn. Auburn. Yeah. 
Okay, okay. They 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 beat a bad Missouri team. They beat Southern Miss. They beat Ole Miss, a five and seventeen. They they played Alabama very well. I'll give them that. Oh, yeah. They lost ten to nothing. They they skull drug Arkansas on the road. They that Florida game. The only reason they lost that game is because it was a morning game. I think, and and yeah. because I think they just overlooked it. You know, if that had been well, a nice game, that have won. So. Well, I mean, if Darius Geis runs the right way, he probably scores the game-winning touchdown. Like, that's yeah. the worst part. That's the well, worst thing about that whole thing was Geis went the wrong way in the play. And you're like, hey, you know, everybody's saying, well, what are you doing? I see y'all's point. I, I see. I mean, look, looking at the schedule now, they won the bowl game. They, they blew Texas A&M out on the road Thanksgiving night. That Florida game was a fluke, I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, going to Arkansas and beating them by 28, very impressive. The Alabama game was very impressive. Beating Ole Miss the way they did, very impressive at the time. Yeah, I mean, I can't really sit here and argue. That's a good point. I'm not going to sit here and try to justify my statement. I just don't feel that that the guy's got what it takes. But if but if he he could impress me this year and change my mind, I have no reason mm-hmm. to not like him. Like Quinn said, I don't. I don't really have a reason not to like him. I just don't really respect him. But if he he runs the gauntlet this year, I mean, you, you have to. I just think that schedule's too trying. Anyhow, Auburn's played, and you remember in 14, when after the national championship game, um, our schedule, we had five road games. you remember that with Kansas State? That was tough, man. Was yeah. Great. I mean, anytime you have, and I think, that, is that BYU mm-hmm. in Texas? Uh, yeah, it's in Houston. Well, so there's six games that's on the road or a neutral site. So most teams get eight home games. LSU gets six. That's a big mm-hmm. difference. Mm-hmm. Big difference. Well, guys, thanks for joining me. We'll try to do a show this week. I'm going to see with work and being sick. It's been, it's been crazy. But I want to get back to doing two nights a week if that's okay with you guys. I always. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I just want to get back because we've got a look for next week or whenever we do a show again, we're going to do the SEC East <laughs> and we're going to talk Notre Dame. All right. Okay. Since, since, Notre, since, since Notre Dame doesn't have a conference. Hmm. Notre Dame 4 and 8. And Jason, just what? for you, we may talk Oregon one day. Okay. One day, down the road, sometime in the future. Yeah. How about That's this? The, 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 we, how about this? We'll do the SEC the next time, and then the following time we'll do the Oregon Ducks division. How about that? All right. Oh, God. So, Washington wins the All next right, question. <laughs> uh, no, Stanford does next question. Wow. Stanford. Yeah. You guys not learn from me. Do not respect Stanford by now. Come on, guys. All right. You're Great. always worried about Stanford. You always predict them to do worse than they always do every year. They always do better than you always say. No, no, you guys had them going 12-0 and 0 that year, and I said they'd go 9-3, and 3 and that's what they win. Haterade. I'm just telling you guys, I know my football. And I know these coaches that are cookie monsters. I know yeah. who they are. <laughs> 
Uh-huh. Okay. Hey, breaking news. Breaking news. Ed Ordron will be live on the show next time. We're going to get him off. My shirt off and punched him in the face. Have a good week, guys. Fifteen minutes from now, Game of Thrones is starting. So, Jason, do you watch Game of Thrones? No, I do not. Good boy. Oh, you guys suck, all three of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good right. week. We'll talk to you soon. We'll have a show Wednesday or Thursday. Sounds good. Right, Sounds good. Sounds like a party. All right, guys. Take care. Have a great week. Bye. You too. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.